Welcome to the Might Sound Wild podcast. I'm Ron Wayne Scott. And I'm April Oil. And this week we are talking about travel because travel is starting to become possible again. And we really don't need a special guest for this topic because my co-host April has been to how many countries have you been to? I think seven where I was like actually out of the airport and walking around. Wow. I think probably seven. All right, so we're going to talk about the return to travel coming up. Hey guys, it's Brianna LaCosta. I'm the social media manager for Mountainscape, Shore Shooters, and Might Sound Wild. I want to invite you to stay connected with us. We post regularly and we want to see you interact with us. You can find Shore Shooters and Mountainscape through Instagram and Facebook. You can follow Might Sound Wild on Instagram and subscribe on YouTube. Okay, welcome back. It's exciting to be talking about travel again. I know that hasn't been a possibility for us for a long time, and we've been, if you're like me, you've been just itching and dying to get back out there. Um, so today we're going to talk about some some questions that we got from some Instagram folks yesterday, and then also just address some of the um, new concerns with travel. So it's a little bit different than it was before 2020, and there's a lot to a lot to um, discuss and kind of contend with now that you didn't have to contend with before. Yeah, and uh, we've got some questions that we'll get to a little bit later on. April asked some of her Instagram followers and our listeners uh, for some travel-related questions, so we will get to that coming up. But first of all, uh, we do want to mention that uh, this is not going to be a political discussion. Um, <laughs> yeah, for some reason, when we were going into this, when Ron and I were talking about talking about this topic, I thought it's just kind of funny that we're living in a time where almost every single topic, you know, becomes a political discussion. And I, I don't even understand why. And traveling should not be. It's not. It, that's not what we're talking about today. So we just yeah. want to be clear that, you know, we um, we know that some people aren't comfortable with traveling again right now with COVID still being a threat, especially in other countries. And that is totally understandable. Like, so we're, so that that's not really what we're talking about today. We're not um, trying to push people to travel by any stretch. We're just really wanting to talk about um, if you want to, if you feel safe, if you're ready to make that decision. And then um, of course, like what goes into that as a photographer and kind of some of my personal experiences with traveling for clients you know, when do you get paid? When do you just cover your expenses? You know, how to kind of navigate that. And um, then because COVID is real now and it's something that we have to deal with, um, I just thought that I could offer what I'm kind of learning. I haven't been a big traveler in the last two years, so I this isn't firsthand experience, but I have been reaching out to every person that I personally know that has traveled out of the country and ask them their experience. Um, how did you, you know, what test did you get? How did you find out accurate information? How did it go once you got out of the U.S.? So I was just hoping to, you know, kind of share a little bit of that today for the person who is ready to travel so that they feel a little bit more confident moving forward. Yeah. So again, basically what we're saying is if you feel comfortable traveling, then uh, we're here to talk to you about that. And if you <laughs> don't feel comfortable traveling yet, uh, there's no judgment on our part. You do what <laughs> works best for you. Exactly. Yeah. So let's start with that. So now, from what I'm understanding, a couple of tips that I thought I should 
um, just through open discussion with some other friends when we try to kind of plan trips. There's a lot of mixed information about where you can and can't go and what you need to go there. So I just want to say, make sure that if you're traveling, especially out of the country um, or states that are, you know, like Hawaii or something in the U.S. where it's out, you know, it's um, not part of the... Um, the lower what is the word I'm looking for? The lower, <laughs> Thanks, Ron. Lower 48 continental United States is what they call that. Sounds like I'm not well-traveled, but I am. Um, anyway, um, make sure that you're not doing just a quick Google search because what will happen is um, you'll get that, that search engine will get crowded with um, all this information by news media sites and article travel articles the, and you're not reading accurate information, you need to go directly to the government website of where you're planning to travel. Um, the guidelines, it, you also need to make sure whatever you're reading there from your Google search is updated. I've been skimming through before and saw that I was reading something from October instead of January. And this stuff is really changing sometimes daily right now. It does. Yeah. Um, yeah, so make sure that you're reading the most up-to-date information from an actual official government website um, that tells you requirements and standards for entering the country. Um, and then my second tip on that right now is to make sure that you are really flexible. I mean, this is not a time, I wouldn't say yet, um, where you can plan your travels too much and too far in advance, I guess. Um, if you can be flexible to do something down to the wire, like maybe two months out, you might be safer to know what, you know, what the actual um, regulations are because, yeah, because they're changing. Yeah, things are changing all the time. So what was in effect six months ago uh, could be completely different now because with all the different variants of COVID, you have things start to settle down and things start to get back to normal. And then all of a sudden here comes another surge and regulations are back in place again. So, so yeah, make sure that you're reading up to date information. And like you said, don't plan too far in advance if you can. Yeah. If you can help it. And then also this is not a time to skip on the like travel insurance or, you know, whenever you're purchasing your flight, it, it always tries to sell you, you know, $15 worth of cancel it, you know, just to give you that covering. If you have to cancel, this is not the time to skip that and be cheap about it. Yeah. I used you to definitely. think that I used to think that travel insurance and stuff like that was a waste of money, but, uh, with the current times, it's it's not a waste of money anymore. It's a good thing to have. Yeah, check into airlines too that have really good policies on that. Um, just from listening to other podcasts on this topic, you know, I've heard the, the mention that uh, Southwest will give a refund up to like twenty four hours or something crazy out. Yeah. So um, yeah. I would, if you want to feel more secure, if finances are a really big thing to you and you want to feel more secure about getting your money back for a canceled trip, I would definitely look into airlines that are better at that. Um, also, another tip would be wherever you're booking your accommodations and same as your transportation, things like that. Just try to make sure that you can get a refund on the front end on everything. Um, and then just, yeah, like I said, try, try not to plan too far in advance right now with everything that is changing regularly. Um, and then we'll just address this topic real quick and then we'll move on. Um, most countries are still, you know, requiring 
COVID testing. And I would just say, make sure that you are reading accurate information about which specific test you need, because there are, I think, three different ones and um, they are all different. Everybody, everyone's requiring something different. And what's even more confusing is that they're requiring um, d- certain amount of hours to be tested before you leave. And each country is doing that differently. So okay. while some of them might say 48, 72, I think it just, you know, it really depends. Make sure um, that you are within that window that you're getting your results back number one, within that window, that you're testing within that window, and that also you're not basing that time on your first flight. It needs to be your last flight out of the country. So for example, if I'm hopping on a flight down in Orlando, but I'm having to connect in Boston or New York, I need to make sure that that last flight out of the country is the 72 hour or whatever it is that they're requiring window because they will, you know, they, they can turn you away and then you're stuck. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so what it comes down to is do your research. Do a lot of research before you travel is really what we're saying. And I think, um, you know, we mentioned this too when we were preparing for this. It's always better, if possible, to talk to an actual person that has done this recently. So if you know anyone that's traveled to a country that you are planning to go to, get the firsthand information. It's better than the internet. It's better than the government website. That's it's true. better than anything. You need firsthand experience information. I'm, I'm like a stalker on Instagram right now. If I know anyone who's been out of the country, I immediately am messaging them and asking about their experience. Okay. I think that's I guess, the best thing. I guess better yet, if you know someone who lives in the area that you're going to, that would probably mm-hmm. be even better to get, uh, get an opinion from a local as far as yeah i mean if you know somebody in italy or greece or wherever it is that you're going that'd be awesome but yeah and i think yeah i think um with all these groups you know ron like you said you're a member of some photography groups on facebook and you said that travel is starting to be a topic of conversation i'm i'm starting to see that start to come back uh like you said i'm in a lot of uh photography related facebook groups and i'm seeing a lot of posts in those groups from photographers who are saying that uh, they've been contacted to do a wedding in another country and Mm uh and then that that kind of brings us to sort of a a different topic because i'm seeing a lot of the posts again of the clients um basically wanting a photographer to do their wedding for free. I'll take care of your accommodations. Uh, Mm -hmm. You can make it a vacation for your family, blah, blah, blah. Um, (laughs) So what's your opinion on that kind of stuff? Let's, let's turn it into that direction of travel uh, to build your portfolio. Yeah. I think, I think that if that is a big goal for you, um, then absolutely, you know, well, let's see. Let's see how I can navigate this. I've done it a lot of different ways over the course of, you know, four years, um, maybe five, I don't know. In the beginning, if it was a destination that I was dying to go to, not, you know, everybody has their own version of where they'd really like to go. So I would say establish that first. Don't, Don't go somewhere where... They think it's a vacation for you and your family. It's not. 
Right. You're, unless you're actually friends with your clients, like really good friends, it's not a vacation. You are prepared the whole time to be shooting. Sometimes there's not boundaries around where you think they want you to carry your camera to. You know, sometimes it can turn into a lot more than just the wedding day because they kind of think, oh, you're here for free. I'm doing air quotes. Nobody can see me, but yeah, you're here for free, meaning they've covered your expenses and they think you're at their disposal like all the time. Um, so that's kind of tricky. Um, it's not a vacation. You have to charge batteries, copy cards, be, you know, you have to be on the whole time. You're not sitting by the pool drinking margaritas. No, so you're not. I don't. Yeah, I don't think that that is something that, um, and you can make that clear to them. If someone's asking you, hey, it's going to be like a vacation for you, just be like, I don't think it will because I'm going to be there to work and it'll be nice to be there, but it's definitely not a vacation. But that doesn't mean that you, um, I don't think it's wrong to go for your expenses covered if you're really trying to build a portfolio in that way. Yeah, if Um, you want to be known as an international worldwide wedding photographer and mm-hmm. somebody gives you the opportunity to photograph a wedding in a really cool location it's all right to compromise your pricing a little bit to get that yeah. in your portfolio if that's what you're interested in but if being an international worldwide wedding photographer is not your goal in your career then you might want to reconsider that or just charge accordingly. I will say, here's a little tip though. If you are having expenses covered and you're not getting paid, I wouldn't allow just my personal opinion and experience. I wouldn't allow them to make your reservations for you. Um, So especially flights, because number one, sometimes a bride and groom are a lot busier planning their wedding or elopement than they anticipate. And they may put you on the back burner for a flight. That's um, they That's also cool. may try and save a ton of money on the flight and book you with a crap airline. Yeah. Um, uh, I just, for, for your own comfort, same goes for accommodations, honestly. For your own comfort level, I'm not saying, you know, get the most expensive hotel on their dime. I'm just saying you have to make sure, especially when you're in a foreign country, that you are comfortable with your your airline, your flight, your accommodations, all of that. So I would just, I would just try and estimate those costs, look, look into it and give them a price on that or better yet, just have them pay you for you to take care of it yourself. Yeah. Maybe, Um, maybe go to the client and say, Hey, you know, we're going to set a budget here on my expenses, my airfare, my, my accommodations, that kind of stuff. I'm going to make the reservations myself but I will do my best to stay within the price range. Yeah. And it's just easier for you to, or for me personally, I like to be in control of my travel. I like to have all of my confirmations and stuff, you know, handy. Um, So yeah, I think it's just better to do that on your own if you're questioning that. Um, And and that kind of goes back to what we were saying before about uh, doing the research and knowing the, uh, the refund policy, the cancellation policy, that kind of stuff. If you're booking it yourself, then you have access to all of those details. Yeah. It's not secondhand information. You know, if you're getting questioned at the gate or, you know, sometimes whenever you're entering a different country, they want to know all the details of your stay. It'd just be better to be firsthand information, I think. 
Um, But I think as far as pricing, to kind of wrap that bit up, I think if you are charging, and a lot of people go back and forth with if they're going to estimate each trip and charge a travel fee on top of their regular fees, um, I always like to make it simple for the bride and groom and just do one flat fee. Um, And then... Then it's kind of up to me. And I think people, I mean, it's easy, it's easy to make it work both ways. The only reason I do that is just so that the bride and groom know I've got this one fee to her. I pay, you know, a portion up front. With that portion up front is where I make all of my reservations. So that part is just no zero profit. It's just me booking flights, booking hotels. Then it's up to me personally if I want to take a loss. You see what I mean? Right. So if I want to stay somewhere a little bit higher end or I want to stay longer, all of that would be on my time and my kind of dollar instead of the bride and grooms. And then they don't feel that they're getting taken advantage of if I'm staying longer because that's just on me, you know? Yeah, because you may Um, see a place that you really want to stay at, but it's going to be a couple of hundred dollars. It's going to push you a couple of hundred dollars over that budget that the couple have given you and if you really want to stay there then sure go for it and yeah on you yeah exactly so that's how I've always liked to do it and then after you do this a few times you'll kind of know what to expect in the way of the costs as far as accommodations and okay you know things like that so but uh, I think um, we can get to our um, Q&A after yeah, this we'll, break. Yeah, uh, we'll take a quick break here, and then we'll come back with some questions that some of uh, April's Instagram followers and our listeners have asked April about travel. And we'll get to that coming up next. Hey, guys. It's Michelle Hatcher. I'm chief editor for Might Sound Wild, Shore Shooters, and Mountain Escape. We're growing our team this year and looking to partner with some new photographers. We could specifically use some people in areas like the Outer Banks, North Carolina, Hilton Head Island, South Carolina, Clearwater in Sarasota, Florida, and also along the Gulf Coast in areas like Panama City Beach, 30A, Navarre, and Destin. If you're looking to fill in your schedule or make some extra money, we would absolutely love to help. So fill out an application at mightsoundwild.co and I'll personally get back in touch with you. All right, back with some questions now. April, you put on Instagram uh, a couple of days ago that we were going to do a travel-related episode, and you asked your Instagram followers to send you some questions. And as always, they come through again. We can yeah. always we can always count on getting questions anytime we ask for them. So let's go ahead and dive into some questions about travel. Yeah, these are really good. Then the first one right out the gate is how to organize travel documents especially if you're going out of the country. So yeah, we were kind of talking about that earlier, making your own reservations kind of helps with that. Um, I like to save and every country's different. So I'm, I'm not going to go into detail if you're going, like I remember that when I went to India, the process for being allowed to go there was really major. Like oh, I, I, I couldn't, I, could, I couldn't walk you through that right now if I tried, but mostly because I had Trisha kind of, taking charge and holding my hand and doing everything for me. But, um, that was, that was pretty challenging. So let's talk about, you know, just our basic hopping a flight to Europe or the UK or (laughs) Mexico or something like that. Um, check their website first, the government website to see what you need, especially in times of COVID, what tests you're going to need. 
um, if you qualify for entry based on your vaccination status and things like that. And then I would say even your reservations, hotel reservations, everything, um, along with those documents, save those to, we talked about, you know, save those to your phone, save them in a folder specific labeled for your trip in your files on your phone. Also save to the iCloud, also print them out. <laughs> Multiple <laughs> backups. That's yeah. Uh, that's that's kind of the way I do everything business related. I always like to have multiple copies of everything. Mm-hmm. You never know what's going to happen when you're traveling. So, uh, believe it or not, say, printing things out at the airport these days, you would think that's not necessary, but it it is. You, oh yeah. You need a printer, especially with COVID, because they do um, some testing facilities do QR codes. Um, there's just a there's just a lot to contend with. And honestly, depending on who's working that day at the airport, they might want something different. That's, that's what's really crazy that's about it. That's true. Sometimes different employee means different rules. Right. And so you just need to be prepared for every single possibility. Just so, save yeah, them, like save everything said, and print it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, save it on your phone, print it out, save it to the cloud. So you've got mm-hmm. access from another device if you need it. Uh, just have everything in multiple places. Yeah. I think last time I traveled, I even printed out my boarding passes, which is something I haven't done in years. I just was like, had it all folded up together and just handed them paper like here. (laughs) And that's that's quite a stretch, April, using paper for something. I know. (laughs) Printing something out. Um, The next question says, um, how do you make a plan for travel, but then also be prepared to stray from the itinerary? Um, Okay. That's something that I always recommend to people when they ask me about traveling certain places or how'd you find this? How'd you, you know, do that is I kind of make a plan. I'm, I'm not a person who like writes everything down or types something out and says at this time we're doing this or, but I do kind of make a mental itinerary because I would hate to be somewhere and let time slip away from me and not see the major things that I really wanted to see. Um, but then also I think it's so important as organized as you want to be about that to leave room to relax and have fun and not stick to a schedule so much that you're kind of ruining your own experience. Yeah. And, um, I know that that there are certain things you are going to have to schedule, but Mm -hmm. I guess leave yourself some free time in between those. And, and absolutely. And don't be crushed if you decided to eliminate something off your list because you were having such a great time at the other destination. Like, you know, why, why would you, no one's making you do anything. (laughs) So it's, it's, it's really up to you. And I think that I know that the person that wrote this question has had some, she and I have had this experience together and that's why she wrote it. But you, you have to, you know, you, especially when you're traveling with a group, um, there's going to be like personality conflicts. I've seen this at weddings so many times. I've seen it when I've been out of the country with a group of people. They're having a destination wedding where okay. someone in the group wants to chill. And then someone was in charge of making the plans and they get irritated at the more laid back person because they that, want to go, go, go. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of like when you put a person like me and a person like you together, because I'm, I'm very Mm -hmm. schedule oriented and we're doing this at this specific time and it's not changeable. 
<laughs> well, and you on the other hand uh, yeah and and you on the <laughs> other hand are kind of more of a go with the flow kind of person yeah yeah like i definitely have a plan i just don't want to ruin my moment sure. if i feel like um if i feel like walking outside and taking an extra 30 minutes to have coffee i don't want to be felt like i don't want to be made to feel like i've got to get going yeah. Because I'm like, this is what I'm here for. But at the same time, I don't I don't want to miss out on things, especially out of the country where you may not ever be back in that place. So yeah, I think I think another tip for that is um before you leave, um, just spend some time Google mapping certain destinations from, for example, if you are wanting to try a cafe that you've seen on Instagram, you're dying to try this cafe, check and see, you know, it seems like common sense, but I don't think people really spend time check and see what's around there. Like what, what museum or, or garden or whatever it is you're trying to see is near the cafe that you're trying to see. Because I can't tell you how many times we've been out of the country for like, you know, say up to five, six, seven days. And I'll realize on day like two or three that I was right next to something that I didn't know I was next to. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you missed out on it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I could have just did that that day instead of coming back turned, here the next day. could have just turned that corner and there would have been something right. that you've always wanted to see and you just didn't know it was there. Right. Or I wasted time going back there another time when I was already there because I didn't yeah. understand the lay of the town or the land or whatever. So sure. yeah, I think, I think it's kind of helpful to kind of map out some things ahead of time. That way you're like, look, I'm in this area. I can, you know, kill two birds with one stone kind of thing. Yeah, I guess I guess the common theme throughout this episode has been research before you go. Lots of research. Yeah. 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 And there's just so much available to you with um with following people who travel or um you know, there's just they've already kind of done the work for you if you know who to find on exactly. especially on Instagram. Okay, so let's see. This next question is a good one and I am the worst. Um, how to pack a carry on with camera equipment and essential toiletries. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Number one, have a better bag than I do. My bag <laughs> is horrible. Um, my equipment just gets slung around. Um, but I mean, but here's do, some things that you, yeah, but you do always ahead. keep the camera with you when you're. Oh yes, right. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, whenever they, they take volunteers to check bags all the time at the gate and I'm really cheap. So I'll wait and do that at the gate so I don't have to pay for it. Oh, okay. And so many times I'm like getting my stuff out though, because I'm like, I always think that they're going to lose my bag. I'm always planning <laughs> for that. So, you know, in your camera bag, hopefully that's better than mine. Everything's really tight and nice. Mine's not, mine's like, fly, you know, flying around and everything. Hard drives, memory cards, I should think that, chargers. Um, oh, like USB. I think people forget sometimes to put like their connectors that they're going to need. Um, oh, yeah. You know, copy stuff. Just literally everything that you think may not make it needs to go on with you. And then yeah. if you have room to throw in like a little emergency bag is what I do with like tiny toothbrush, tiny toothpaste, you know, just like the little essential toiletries or if you think you might need like a small change of clothes like whatever you can fit in that bag that's that's what I do I don't know if that was if I answered that question um basically pretend like your bag's not going to make it the one that's below the plane yeah that that's a good way to do it because you never know <laughs> sometimes sometimes the bags that you don't keep with you do end up in another country 
Yeah. Or they don't make it for a couple of days or something. I, and also I'm just a light packer. So I don't, I don't try to cram a lot. I, I want to carry on everything. If like people hate me because I'm trying to, I heard a, a girl said, I got so mad. A girl said once when I was getting in her row, I was putting my bag up top yeah. and she said to the lady sitting next to her so that I could hear her. I don't understand why people don't check their bags. That's why it takes so long to board the plane. <laughs> and I just looked right at her and I was like, there is no way this stuff is going under the plane. I'm thinking I've got, you know, I'm going for a wedding. I have to have the things well, that yeah, I need. Well, yeah, you can't, yeah, you, know? it, you can't show up at this place where mm -hmm. you're going to shoot a wedding and then your camera show up two days later. You can't really like, take that chance. Or like even things so that I need to be, you. yeah, comfortable. And so I'm thinking... Lady, if you want to take a chance, don't, don't, I was hoping so bad that her bag got lost, but anyway. Okay. So then last question is, um, and you have a little bit more to share about this, I think, Ron. Okay. This is, um, how to save money. And also it says which areas to save money. I think that just kind of depends. Um, there are obviously countries that are a little bit less expensive than others. Um, there are times of year that certain places like everybody's talking about Hawaii right now, because apparently the month of March is a really good time to book a flight to Hawaii, financially speaking. Mm -hmm. um, I think you just kind of have to check on that stuff regularly, sign up for alerts, you know, flight deals, things like that for destinations that are on your bucket list. Okay. Um, but saving money, I don't have a lot of tips with that because I'm not a frugal traveler. Um, I'd like to be a little better at that, I guess, but I think what I do is I try to use, we talk, you know, I used to think that rewards and stuff were like a kind of gimmick, but they're really crucial. I think airline rewards, credit card points, you personally, Ron, use uh, the same hotel every time you yes. travel, right? Yes, I do. Now, yeah. now I'm going to give the disclaimer up front. I don't do air travel, international travel, that kind of stuff, but I do. My travel is road trips. And, I was going to uh, say, you're a heck of a road tripper. You've driven I, I all over am, the country. I am a road tripper. I, I yeah. love road trips because I like to see all of the things that are in between point A and point B. And mm -hmm. I like to take my time on road trips. And that means that if I'm going to another part of the country, it may take me three or four days to get there, which means that yeah. I'm going to be staying in hotels along the way. And that's one of the things I do to save money. I personally, as far as hotels, my preference is Holiday Inn Express. So I am a part of their rewards program. I like Holiday Inn Express. And it's really good, isn't it? Because, yeah, well, the thing I like about Holiday Inn Express is you get the same thing no matter which one you stay at. Um, mm -hmm. It's not like a lot of other hotel chains where you'll you'll stay in one that's really nice and then the other the next one is not so nice and so for me personally that's why I prefer to stay at Holiday Inn Express because they're pretty consistent across the board mm -hmm. so since that's where I like to stay I really milk their rewards program for all I can get out of it mm -hmm. um, the way it works with me is I've stayed at so many of their hotels that I'm way up there as far as the status goes. And yeah. so for about every three or four nights that I stay at one, I'll get 
either a free night or a heavily discounted night, which means that I can mm -hmm. use the points and then only pay like $30 for a room. So that's one way that's that awesome. I save on travel. Another thing is, and again, this is for those of you who are like me, who are doing road trips. Um, I like to use the gas points systems too, or mm -hmm. the, the gas, not really point system, but one that I use is uh, pilot, which is uh, truck stops, gas stations. Um, kind of got in the habit of using them when I was doing my RV thing because I always like to go to truck stops because there's plenty of room to park if you're pulling a travel trailer behind you. So I do the uh, discount program with pilot to where I get three cents off per gallon, which oh, yeah. doesn't really sound like a whole lot. But hey, if you're driving across the country, three cents mm -hmm. a gallon, it does add up after a while. It does. Yeah. And I mean, there's also little things that are kind of common, like don't be prepared to not have to buy food every time you're hungry. Right. Um, that can really right. add up, especially when you're air traveling. I mean, be, be prepared because if you go to a counter at the airport, you're going to pay like $4 for a bottle of water. And like, you know, I always bring a re a refillable cup that I can access quickly because there's usually the filtered stations inside. Um, yeah. you know, like I know you have to dump it out before you go through security, but it's no big deal. Like you can refill it once you get in there. Sure. Um, try to bring a few little snacks. Sometimes they can be certain securities can be weird about snacks, but if you're in the car, pack a cooler, be prepared. I actually just got home yesterday from Alabama and I didn't have to stop for food one time on the way there or back. And that real that saves a lot. And and you know, if you're if you don't like to eat out like me, it feels so much better physically. So um and then when you're traveling, you know, you're gonna want to go out to eat for the experience several times. Don't waste it. Like, don't make yourself have to pay for a meal just because you're hungry. Have food, you know, stop at the little stores and have food around you so that whenever you're going out to spend money on a meal, it's one that really counts. You okay. went there intentionally, you know, I think that's a good tip too. People don't realize how much food adds up and transportation. I think that's another thing people don't um, account when they're budgeting for um, travel. Like, even when you're just going to cities here in the U.S., like Chicago, you can spend so much money paying to park or paying. Do you guys hear D? I hope so. I hear <laughs> My cat. She wants to be on the podcast. Wow. She's very active. She is. <laughs> D said, do not pay money to park. That's a waste of money. That's, Don't, that's D's um, bit of advice. Yes. Parking garages and things like that. Just They just add up. And sometimes you just need to walk. Like you didn't realize that a destination wasn't as far as you thought. Um, so you get back in your car, you go waste time trying to find parking when you could just, you know, walk. Yeah. Right? And, That's and you get to, you get to see a whole lot more that way too. That was like when, yeah, and, when you first moved to St. Augustine, I think we walked just about every square inch of downtown St. Augustine and it was yeah. so cool because I got to see it all where I wouldn't have yeah, there's no seen point everything. Back if in you your car. Just, yeah. If you would have just driven me through downtown St. Augustine, I wouldn't have seen all yeah. of it. And that kind of goes back to that thing we were talking about with the flexible itinerary. Sure. Like build time. <laughs> I can't stop laughing at her. 
<laughs> build time in to walk and like get lost a little bit or stop at stop at somewhere that wasn't on your itinerary. Like this place looks great. I didn't know that was here. You know, yeah. let's go in here. Um, yeah, I it's think amazing. that's a, a really big It's amazing how much more you notice when you're walking than you mm-hmm. do when you're in a car. Because there are places that I have driven past hundreds of times and didn't even know they were there until I walked past it and then said, oh, I never never saw that before. I have to share one of my favorite travel memories before we go. Speaking okay. of transportation, when we were in Bali, Walt and I just weren't sure that we wanted to pay for a scooter, our moped. Yeah. And um, we were with our friends who were getting married, Sadie and Carol, yeah. and they got one, of course, like they knew they needed one and it's hot. So, you know, all this talk about walk, it really depends on <laughs> what climate you're in at what time of the year. Check the weather before you plan that walk. <laughs> so Bali is subtropical, so it's always really um, warm there. And we thought we would be fine on foot most of the time. So, and we didn't want to spend the money. And also it's the um, driving on the other side of the road on a scooter. I just was like picturing us wrecking or something like that. So we didn't get one. By the end of our trip, we were so burnt out on walking just I to bet. get something to eat. Um, so we had Kale. This is so funny to me. He drove Sadie back to our Airbnb while we were at a restaurant. I, Walt and I start walking back. He circles back around, picks up Walt, takes him back to the Airbnb, circles back around, picks up me. Oh, wow. <laughs> It was like we were just all riding on. He was just like our little taxi service that, that last day because we like couldn't handle it anymore. But I yeah, think the funniest memory is Walt riding with Kale on the um, moped. <laughs> He's I giving me a look a right now. Like, <laughs> I wish you had a picture. <laughs> me <of that>. too. <laughs> He's giving me a look right now that I'm not supposed to say that, but it was hilarious. <laughs> I bet it was. Yep. All right. So does that wrap up the questions? Yeah, that was everyone's questions, but I would love to do another episode that kind of is more specific. So if you guys have more questions, um, especially Ron, I don't, we've said this on the podcast and if you know Ron, he lived, he did RV life full time for years. So if you have questions on how, yeah, five years. Wow. Um, If you have questions about that, how, you know, how to get started in that, or if you have more international questions that are more specific and we didn't cover that today, if you want to talk more about pricing for international, um, you know, traveling for wedding photography, please um, get in touch with us either on our Instagrams or you can always email ron at shoreshooters.com. We would love to continue to do episodes like this. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds great. And you know what I think is so interesting about all this talk about you traveling and you uh, traveling to so many different countries. When I first met you, which was about 11 years ago, you had never even been on a plane. Mm-mm, never. And yep. I remember I remember the first time you got on a plane, you went to see a friend in New York, I believe it was. And Yeah, I thought I was going to have a panic attack. We were, we were already working together at that time. So all of this travel to all these different countries for you all that has happened in about the past 11 years or so and yeah and the bulk of it probably happened within like three years it did it did and going back to going back to what we were talking earlier about if you want to be known as an international worldwide photographer it kind of sometimes all starts with just one trip 
Um, which it is kind of what, which is kind of what happened with you because, uh, you and Trisha, our former business partner, were offered an opportunity to go to India to right. photograph an adoption. And right. it just seemed like after that, it seemed like once you did that trip to India, it just seemed like the offers just kept rolling in. So going back to what we were saying earlier, yeah, the first the first international job, you might not make any money. You might even spend some money out of pocket. But if you market your work from that travel, it could lead to more. And I think you shouldn't underestimate the power of telling people every chance you get through your social media, your website, that you want to do that. I think, yeah. you know, this this woman that got in touch with Trisha or this family that got in touch with Trisha, they like knew her sister. It was kind of a roundabout way. And Trisha had made it so known that her heart was for adoption, that she, that was a huge passion in her life. She kind of always found a way to work that into conversation through social media and stuff at the time. So that, that only happened because she did that, you know, because, because she put Trisha it out made there. it known. Yeah. yeah. So when she reached out, it kind of started almost as a joke. Like, I wish that we could take you with us to India when we adopt. And Trisha's like, wait a second, maybe you can. And I think, you know, we can tell that story later, but we, we raised the funds. I mean, we, we really thought outside of the box. I have to give most of that credit to Trisha. I was kind of along for the ride. I'm so thankful for it because it did turn into other jobs. And then before we knew it, we were booking wedding clients out of the country too. But don't, don't forget, you're not having to market to people specifically in the destinations or all over the country. Sometimes those people are right in your backyard. Like when we went yeah. to Scotland, that, that bride and groom, they had booked us for a regular wedding right in Alabama where we lived at the time. They decided to elope later and invited us. Exactly. So sometimes that's how it happens. Don't forget, it's not as hard. I'm not, I don't want to downplay it. It is hard to market yourself that way. And it is hard to travel, period. But it is not hard to tell people that that's what you desire to do. And then once you get one under your belt, like you're saying, Ron, sometimes it snowballs. Yeah. So put those goals and dreams out there. And who knows, somebody might come along and be willing to take you along absolutely yeah yeah all right well that's going to wrap it up for this week we'll be back next week with another might sound wild podcast don't forget to leave us a rating and a review if you're enjoying the podcast and as april said you can always email your questions that you have for us and maybe we'll get to it on a future episode uh, contact either one of us on Instagram, my email, ron at shoreshooters.com, and we'll talk to you next week for another Might Sound Wild podcast.